the Senate decide whatever they want to do is okay with me. And also the FBI. So, wow, if you watched the hearing, and practically everybody did uh, last week, it was, uh, it was clear that there was a, an effort to get the message out on the, on the, on the side of the D's, because almost everybody mentioned, why not an FBI investigation? And uh, so, uh, as you know, Senator Flake, a Republican, thought, yeah, why not an FBI investigation? So now we're having an FBI investigation. So now we're getting into the, uh, what exactly do they do? Um, are their hands tied? Can they accomplish this? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Is it worth the time and effort? Warren Flagg joins us. Warren is an expert in undercover work. He was a longtime FBI agent in the New York area. He's the president of Flagman Inc. Uh, Warren, how are you, sir? Good morning, Jake. Good morning, Joe. I'm fine. Hey, terrific. Hey, so, uh, so listen, uh, tell us, what sort of investigation is the FBI doing right now? Is it a standard background check or what? No. No, uh, what what occurred here, and uh, I say to your viewers, I happen to have been on uh, CNN yesterday, and I gave them a scoop. Underneath the, uh, and your viewers and listeners can uh, go to that, find out, but they said, oh, White House is controlling this investigation. And I point blank said, not happening. They looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, no, we are an independent investigative agency. We're not controlled. You asked us to come into us. We're going to do it from A to Z. Is that possible in a week? Absolutely. I was on CBS Saturday afternoon, basically stating that right now there were agents on Friday going over to get the Republican reports and the Democratic reports and the diary and everything and disseminating that throughout all the areas that were possible to those field offices. And the men and women in the FBI were out there grinding 24-7. From Saturday, they will complete this investigation because... There's no limit to the manpower that they're going to throw at. Oh, really? See, that's one question I've I've wondered. Do they are uh, who decides how many how much resources the FBI has? How many uh, uh, plane flights back and forth across America they can have? How many agents are dedicated to this? Does the does the FBI make that decision or or the president? We or? have we have 59 field offices, and with electronics, they would they would send those reports out. Let those people re. Uh, who get teams of agents who are going to go out and contact those who are named, those who weren't named, those who were partially named, those that might have been named. Go to the areas, look at a timeline, do everything. So I'm sure that whatever manpower, when I ran my investigations, if I could justify 500 agents being there, okay, they would throw 500 agents at it. Wow. This, there is no limit to the number. As new leads are done, teams of agents would go out and interview that person. All right. That's all collated and then sent to the Senate. Perfect, perfect transition. I was just going to ask. So when they send it to the Senate, uh, will it say something like, uh, you know, in terms of the uh, Kavanaugh wagging his uh, unit at the gal at Yale? We talked to Joe Jones, who was said to be on the scene, and he says he doesn't remember. Do they... Do they come to any sort of conclusions, recommendations, or do they just do they even say we found Joe Jones to be credible or not credible? Never. 
We report, we put them under oath, knowing that if we go and talk to somebody and that's a lie and that's a lie, they got to be ex- extremely careful. It's called Title 18,001, lying to a federal officer. So they, they realize that whatever statements they had, and they will not release the entire statement. This is one of the things that the media does. It's partial. Those agents, male and female, are out there doing their interviews, writing down everything that these people say or don't say because they don't want to be interviewed. Whatever that is, that's all collated, sent to the one individual or two individuals or the group of individuals that are going to debrief the Senate. Yeah, one of the many things I've been confused about is uh, is various people saying, look, this, the Senate Judiciary Committee has investig- investigatory powers. They have the ability to investigate things. What does the FBI do that they can't do? Does the FBI have any different tools? Are they allowed to look into bank records, phone calls, anything that the Senate couldn't do? Well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question because yesterday I said to the, the, the nation, that this was the most important interview I've ever done. And the reason why is the FBI, in my opinion, the Judiciary Committee, in my opinion, has passed the buck and has caused the greatest crime-fighting agency in the world, the FBI, to become the Senate's moral police. How outrageous is that? Of course they conducted their interviews. Whether they shared them, I don't know. But it's their job to vote up or down, not the FBI's job to do any opinion. Can the uh, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee put people under oath? Uh, yes, they form in. You saw that. Right. They can subpoena them. They can uh, have them charged with federal crimes for lying, all that stuff? Absolutely. Lying to the Senate. Yeah, yeah. They have, it, it, I'm sure teams of agents went out. And not their own investigators. These are retired agents, retired CIA people. These are these are experienced people that did all their interviews prior to being questioned. I think that's sixty minutes, Colin. Warren Flag is yeah. online, former FBI agent, decades in the New York field office, uh, president of Flagman Incorporated. Uh, so, uh, you know, final note on the way out. What do you think all this is going to yield? What do you think the uh, the historians will say about this episode? Well, my feeling is this, okay? Obviously, the Kavanaugh family has been injured. Obviously, the Ford family and anybody else that's named in this have been inundated by the mass media. And unfortunately, the FBI, again, will take a hit. And I pray it doesn't because the court of public opinion has already figured this out in their minds. They either believe or they don't believe. So 50% of the people are going to praise the FBI. 50% of the people are going to blame the FBI. That's uh, that's pretty uh, perceptive. Yeah, yeah. well said. Warren Flagg, hey, uh, real pleasure, Warren. Let's stay in touch. Please do. Call uh, me anytime. All right, thanks. Thanks very much. Yes, we got a bunch of texts saying, at what point is he going to say Howard Stern? I was, I was wondering about that myself. What, just because he's from New York? <laughs> Um, colorful, fellow. very colorful and entertaining. You yes. know, at some point I just thought, you know, <laughs> this is entertaining. Yeah, this is there's no doubt this is entertaining. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so let's roll with it. He hasn't had that much fun since he was on Morning Joe last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. So, I told the nation. I don't know. I, I hope that I hope that clarifies something for somebody. Well, yeah, that that is that is. Uh, 
it's so tough to figure things out when people are giving the most partisan spin of it. Oh, on I'm both just, sides. Going to say the same thing. Uh, Everybody's spinning like madmen. The the Senate uh, the the Senate Judiciary Committee does have a fund and the tools to do investigations themselves. Correct. And uh, and 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 swear people in, and you're under oath, and, and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, you know you can you can certainly understand politically, or just and politically might not be even just the average person understands the FBI investigating something. Yeah, yeah. Versus a Senate committee. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I understand why, for political cover reasons, it was a good idea. Although it's going to come down, they're going to say we couldn't really find. Anybody to to solidly corroborate this, or we have one person who said they heard about it, and then, you know, as Lindsey Graham put it, will they even say that, or will it be up to Lindsey Graham to say they, or will they just report we have a guy who says this and a woman who says that, right? And other people will have to point out they investigated for a week, they talked to all these different people, they came up with one person that kind of has something, correct? Yeah, that, that yes, it will. I don't take think the, the FBI the will senators say to. I don't think the FBI will use the word only. Is what I guess I'm getting at. Right, to, to, right. But as Lindsey Graham put it, and the number of people whose minds will be changed could be fit in a phone booth. Kids, that was like a little box that phones used to be in. Why would they do that? Like when you bought it? Like no, that? no, no. <laughs> that is that the olden days? No, people didn't have cell phones, and so they had to have a public phone every few blocks. Just, in case you need to call somebody. I was just riding up on the elevator with a uh, young woman headed to a different floor, and we were staring at her phones before she got off. I said, what did people do in elevators before cell phones? And she maced me and got off. I, I've, I've, <laughs> written, I've written with her on the elevator a number of times. I always try to make a little small talk to not come off as a creepo. She really looks at me like she thinks I'm about to attack her. That's yeah, it. You're trying to do worse. It's worse. Don't talk Don't at all. engage. Just stare at the floor. Or your phone. That's what young people do. I run into the same situation. They do not want to converse. But no. just just like a hello or how's your day going as far as just really shouldn't ever do that? Because to me, just standing there completely silent when they get on seems a little creepy and weird. Yes. To you. To me. Not to them. They want to text. There's, there's some... Uh... <laughs> there's some 35 plus year old gals though oh man they're chatty they want to chat with you on the elevator this woman is a a a lot younger than me she's 20 something so i I think she would prefer i just stand in the corner and stare at my shoes i guess oh clearly yeah yeah they don't like to talk you you should say hey uh give me your number so i can text you this is weird, isn't it? Question mark. Yeah. Hey, oh, one more political note. I, I, so I, I said to her. All nah, right. Go ahead. This is the end of it. <laughs> no, that's fine. I says, I says to her, I says, because uh, I've had this happen a couple of times with very, very minor small talk, and I don't push it or anything like that. You're not a big small talker. No, I'm not. But it just it seems weird to me to completely ignore the fact that there's another human being there. But anyway, so I said, geez, what did people do on elevators before cell phones? She said, I don't know, and got off. Oh. <laughs> uh. Like. Are you going to do this every day to me? Oh. So I, I better stop talking. Oh, that weirded me it was, out. It was so cold in there. <laughs> <laughs> Try that next time. <laughs> Why are the elevators so cold, huh? <laughs> the cold wind of disapproval whistling through the elevator. <laughs> That's something you could tweet, huh? <laughs> ah, hilarious. Am I going to end up on your Instagram feed somehow? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am and I. Yeah, I am. Oh, Don't okay. you hate it when creeps talked in the elevator and she got a picture of me over her shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's right. I'm right. probably on some website, creepswhotalktoyontheelevator.com, and it's just a collection of people like me. Have you picked up on the Democrats' new fishing expedition, Re Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh's As the gold, coast, gold posts keep moving? 
point it out to you so you can enjoy it in the days ahead. Um, Sean is going through the whole interview with Ms. Swetnick. Have you come across anything else inter- interesting in the 13 minutes she talked to NBC? I'm like five minutes in. It's it's pretty mild stuff. I don't, yeah. yeah it's, for a gang rape conversation, that's uh, kind of surprising. started out as that, yeah. It yeah. certainly doesn't seem to have that, at least not in the parts I've seen yet. Okay. Well, and listen, I'm prepared to build a case that uh, Dr. Blasey Ford is, uh, what she claims happened did not happen. Or didn't even nearly happen the way she described it. I've been reading okay. the report of that sex crimes investigator. It's really compelling. Okay. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. see Brett Kavanaugh, you know, spiking the punch, putting great well, I, I saw I saw him giving red solo cups to quite a few girls during that time frame, and there was green punch at those parties. And I would not take one of those glasses from Mark Kavanaugh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, excuse me. I saw him around the punch, I won't say bowls, or the punch containers. I don't know what he did, but I saw him buy them, yes. Oh my God! Wow! What? That's as far as she's going. That's Avenatti's, uh, yeah, accuser. Nice. I, I feel that the interviewer, I think, does a really good job yeah. of setting things up. With in your statement, you said X. Now let me let me kind of go further, and she pushes that. Hold on, let me get this timeline straight. And the interviewer does a, a good job of, 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 of trying to figure out. it out. Yeah, yeah, and making it making her say out loud. I don't really know that. It sounds like to me. So, 35 years ago, you remember him standing near the punch bowl. Yes. And wow, that's people a, red solo cups. Which yes. never, never happens at a party. Right. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that, connecting the dots between that and he's a serial gang rapist. Oh, he led a gang, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, that's something. That's so friggin' weak. Okay, so the Democrats' new strategy right now, before I get on to uh, Dr. Ford, um, is uh, they're demanding that the FBI investigate Kavanaugh's drinking Yeah, in general. I saw somebody say, I knew Kavanaugh, and I never saw him black out, which is an interesting phrase. People's understanding of all this is, is a... Yeah, yeah. And I never saw him black out. Okay. I read one guy who we used to interview now and again. Who the hell was that? It'll pop into my head. Uh, say that... Um, use pass out interchangeably with blackout. Yeah. Well, pass out has always been an interesting concept to me, too, because in in non-drinking terms, pass out generally means like you're on your feet and all of a sudden. Right. I've never seen anybody do that drinking. I've seen plenty of people. You're watching a ball game together and you're drinking all day long. You look over and they're asleep. Right. Do you call that passing out or you finally just got tired enough to fall asleep? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Well, and and Kavanaugh says, no, I would just go to sleep. I tell you, especially in my younger days, man, we got after it. Got after it. And I would think, you know, I ought to go to bed. I've had way too much. I would go up, go to bed. Generally drink a big glass of water. Some people would call that passing out. I wouldn't. I went to sleep because I was so drunk, I didn't think any good would come of it. But so people are saying that's proof that he probably raped people. You know, and he surely blacked out or passed out or whatever. It's just, it's become so silly. But now they're trying to get, they're trying to make a big deal of the fact that in college there was a bar fight and the cops questioned him. 
That's proof that he something or other was he, drunk. Was something, he, something. Was he involved in the bar fight, or he just was one of the people there that got questioned? Depends who you ask. Okay. I've heard his friend was involved in the bar fight, and he was questioned. That was in the WAPO, I think I read that. Then I heard on CNN this morning that he started the bar fight. So I have no freaking idea. And again, as I said earlier today, do you have anything that's less than 30 years old? Anything. Anything at all. So uh, I've seen a gazillion bar fights. Only one that the cops ever ended up yet. Although I didn't go to Yale. Maybe they uh, yeah. have a different tolerance. Oh, yeah. Um, you see the cops now and again at Illinois at some of the big bars if a fracas would begin. But they're hanging around. We're you know? more of a scrape up the blood and get the music going sort of a crowd. Exactly. All right, let's shake hands and get back to getting <laughs> drunk. I'm trying to get late. Uh, you know, we don't really have time for this, but I will tell you this. Ms. Mitchell, the sex crimes investigator who was hired by the Republicans to do the questioning, as questioning at the hearing at an incredibly slow pace, has unleashed her report to the committee, and I've heard it characterized in various ways uh, by the mainstream media, but I actually delved into it and started to read it. She lays out that the timeline changed every time Dr. Ford talked about it. This is not the most compelling stuff to me. Uh, The mid-80s became the early 80s, then back to the mid-80s. She was in her early teens, then she was in her late teens, and she crossed out early in the early 80s in the statement for a polygraph report that was never explained Um, And so the timeline keeps shifting. Uh, She alleges she struggled academically in college, but has never made any similar claim about her last two years of high school, which were immediately after the event. That, you know, that could be the vagaries of human psychology. I don't find that all that compelling. Um, And then the part that I thought was really curious was, Mitchell explains that Ford's inability to remember where the house where the event took place raises significant questions, as does her inability to remember how she got back from the party to her house. And this is from Mitchell, the investigator. She told the Washington Post that the party took place more than seven miles from her childhood home, that it was roughly a 20-minute drive from her childhood home. She also agreed for the first time in her testimony that she was driven somewhere that night, either to the party or from the party or both. But she has no memory of who drove her or when, nor has anyone come forward to identify him or herself as the driver. Given that all this took place before cell phones, arranging a ride home would not have been easy. Indeed, she stated that she ran out of the house after coming downstairs and did not state that she made a phone call from the house before she did or that she called anyone else thereafter. Dr. Ford testified that her friend Leland, apparently the only other girl at the party, did not follow up with Dr. Ford after the party to ask why she had suddenly disappeared. And she goes into detail, how in the world did she get home and how can she have no memory of it given blah, 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 as a sex crime investigator. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the FBI Kavanaugh investigation looking into a number of charges real and possibly imagined. We've got the latest example popping up in Southern California. Mark Judge has given his interview to the FBI, according to Judge's lawyer. He's got more direct knowledge, according to Ms. Ford, than anyone. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, They got Ronaldo, the soccer star. His rape accusation is... uh... On the CBS Early Show, he's dealing with that. Mm. A lot of that stuff that used to uh, stay quiet doesn't anymore. Anyway, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I'm reading the Rachel Mitchell report to the Senate committee. She was the uh, sex crimes investigator uh, who 
was questioning uh, Dr. Blasey Ford so slowly. Hilariously portrayed on Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah, um, but the report is really interesting. I'm reading through it, and she really makes the case in a compelling way that there's something very wacky about Dr. Ford and her account. Um, many, many examples. She builds the case step by step, including uh, inconsistencies on who was at the party but also, she can't remember anything that happened recently. And that list is long and impressive. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah, well, that, that is interesting. I mean, I don't know what's going on, but whatever it is, is odd. Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the FBI pressing ahead with its investigation of sexual misconduct allegations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh, questioning now at least four people in the last few days. Among the witnesses interviewed are men who California College professor Christine Blasey Ford says were present at that 1980 party of teenagers where she claimed she was sexually assaulted by Kavanaugh. Now, also, the lawyer for Kavanaugh's high school friend, uh, Judge, uh, Mark Judge, says the FBI has interviewed uh, him as well. I wonder if Judge is going to say, I don't remember hardly anything. What do you do then? You're where you were. You, you, you do what's already been done, but you do it again. But well, would the FBI take that at face value if you just say, I just don't remember anything? Sure. I, there's no there's no alternative. Hmm. You know, I've, we've spoken to attorneys about the power of I do not recall, whether it's sincere or not, because you can't disprove that. Right. You know, maybe, maybe I told a story in 1993 about this party I was at, but now I have no memory of it. You know, that's possible. It's not only possible, it's, you know. Semi-probable with me. And we have a new report. It turns out on the eve of last week's dramatic hearing on the Kavanaugh nomination, legislative staffers questioned him privately about an anonymous letter purportedly from an Oceanside, California woman saying Kavanaugh and a friend raped her. The San Diego Union reporting a handwritten letter was sent to the San Diego office of California Senator Kamala Harris two weeks ago. It was marked urgent across the envelope, no return address, and signed Jane Doe, Oceanside, California. Kavanaugh denied the allegation outright. <laughs> I don't know how an anonymous claim make, gets to the light of day at all. Mm-hmm. You have no journalistic credibility at all if you run with that. Who's running with that? That's the uh, San Diego Union. Well, you, you, I, wow. under, I understand running with the committees looking into it because that's a story. Yeah, granted. But I don't understand how the committee looks into it. And then they leaked it to the press because they wanted the story out there yeah. that we're looking into this. But it's a nothing. I mean, if we're going to start have, having people's careers ended or lives altered disinvited from being a Harvard professor by anonymous just unsigned scrawl, letters. Scroll yeah. down something on a piece of paper and put it in the mail. What the hell is that? We're all, we'll all be ruined. I got a number of people I'll take down. At the end of the interview, the staffer said to I'm Kavanaugh... I'm glad I've been saving my money. <laughs> said to Kavanaugh, do you object to the public release of what you've said today, including the public release of the transcript? Kavanaugh replied, I do not object. Meanwhile, President Trump was on the stump at a rally in Tennessee last night talking about the nominee, Mr. Kavanaugh, going after what he claims are hypocritical Democrats sitting on the Senate Judiciary Committee like Richard Blumenthal. We call him Danang Blumenthal. For 15 years as the Attorney General of Connecticut, he went around telling war stories, people dying left and right, but my platoon marched forward. He was never in Vietnam. It was a lie. And then he's up there 
Then he's up there saying, we want the truth from Judge Kavanaugh. So, yeah, he was one of those stolen valor guys who would uh, act like he was in Vietnam, even though he was in the reserves in the Vietnam era. I don't know if you remember that, but... um I can't believe he, a guy like that gets reelected, but that's that's the decision of a Connecticutans. Yeah, what do you call somebody from Connecticut? Um, uh, but by their name, Gerald. I still think it's really an interesting question as to which side gets motivated more for turnout on election day by this whole thing. Right. That's that's what this whole exercise is about. At oh, this sure, point. Yeah. sure. U.S. Supreme Court's inaction over access right to beaches is a victory for the public. The High Court declined to hear a private property case brought by Vinod Kosla, the founder of Sun Microsystems. Kosla sued to stop people going to Martins Beach in Northern California from crossing his property line without compensation. A lower court ruling said he was in violation of the California Coastal Act that deems the entire coastland to California public land and prohibits private property owners from blocking right. access to it. So this is the uh, the thing that people have been doing for years, probably all over the world, where you, where you buy yeah. some oceanfront property and you say the, the sand out in front of this property that I own is also mine, even though you can't buy that part. Right. Uh, I can understand why you'd want to do that, but you can't, apparently. Amazon says its public policy team will start pushing for an increase in the U.S. federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. Amazon is boosting its minimum wage for all U.S. workers to $15 an hour. That'll start next month. The company said the wage hike's going to benefit more than 350,000 of its workers, and it's now pushing to get everyone in the country to raise the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. While we're doing some business news Vox, who's not exactly, you know, pro-Trump generally, their story, Trump's new trade deal is better for workers than NAFTA was. It benefits Mexico workers, and that's good for American workers. And that's mostly been the media reporting on this, Mm -hmm. to the extent that it's getting reported at all. One, because it's complicated. Two, because it's uh, got nice things to say about Trump, and most people aren't jumping over each other to do that. And three, because you got the Kavanaugh thing going on, and that's more sexy. What would it that having sex and all? And according to the experts, next up is Japan and Europe. And then, hit the gong, Michael. Then it's the dragon. It's going to stare down the dragon, China. He, only then. China. is he? Thank you. Only then is he going to face up to China and get a better trade deal with them. I heard somebody, NPR went this far today. Yep. So they had somebody on say, well, the president's getting a lot of credit for this, but it, it's basically the same thing NAFTA was with some minor tweaks. And I thought, right. yeah, that's what our contracts are like, too. Same as last time with some minor tweaks, like this number's a little higher or that number's a little lower or whatever. That's what the whole deal is. <laughs> the minor <laughs> tweaks. They ever heard the phrase, the devil's in the details? Yeah. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Some minor tweaks. The New Deal didn't, like, put Dallas Fort Worth in Canada and we get all their moose and stuff like that. We make Molson and they make GM. Let me not put you in charge of any of my financial dealings. It's the same thing the guy selling the house wanted. Do it some minor tweaks. It's a couple percentages higher, but. So. More of the breakdown from the sex crimes prosecutor on um, Dr. Blasey Ford's testimony. She's explaining why she could never bring any charges on this stuff. And it's pretty compelling and detailed. So somebody really enjoyed my breakdown of the Major League Baseball playoff race, wants me to get into the Ryder Cup. 
Wow, yeah. So maybe I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And can then explain how uh, Bitcoin factors into all of it. Are you coming across anything else compelling from Sweatnik's interview? Compelling, no. Really? That's interesting. Just kind of dissolving you, her own case. You, yeah. You would think a long interview with a woman with a story about gang rapes would be pretty compelling, but not so much so far. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. When do you want the late night joke off on Kavanaugh and the FBI? Oh, man. I want to hear it just because I want to hear what the attitude is. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let me do this first. See if we have time or maybe next hour. 30 seconds. Maybe we can fit it in somewhere. The whole thing's 30 seconds? Yeah. Okay, all right, let me jump into this then. So this uh, Rachel Mitchell, who is the sex crimes investigator who is doing the questioning for the Republicans because they're cowards um, at the judicial hearing, is explaining in a detailed report why she could never bring charges, and she goes in depth into the um, the credibility of the accuser and inconsistencies in the story. Uh, she goes into how many people were at the party uh, and all, um, and the whole upstairs, hearing them downstairs thing, which is interesting. You know, tiles in a mosaic, but maybe not um, uh, that critical. But then she focused on Ford's... Uh, she she talks about Leland Kaiser having no memory of the party, even though they're lifelong friends, and that she's never even met Kavanaugh. I thought that... I, uh, to me, that is the key thing out of this story, is that her her friend that, that she keeps mentioning as, like, Here's you know here's here's the the rock of my story. Right. Says I don't remember the party and I don't think I ever met Kavanaugh. Right. Mitchell also focused on Ford's memory of recent events. And this is from the Mitchell report. Dr. Ford struggled to remember her interactions with the Washington Post. Dr. Ford could not remember if she showed a full or partial set of therapy notes to the Washington Post reporter. She does not remember whether she showed the Post reporter the therapist notes or her own summary of those notes. The Washington Post article said that portions of her therapist notes were provided by Ford and reviewed by the Post. But in her testimony, Dr. Ford could not recall whether she summarized the notes for the reporter or showed her the actual records. She does not remember if she actually had a copy of the notes when she texted the Washington Post WhatsApp account on July 6th. Dr. Ford said in her first WhatsApp message to the Post that she had therapy notes talking about the incident when she contacted the Post tip line. She testified that she had reviewed her therapy notes before contacting the Post to determine whether they mentioned anything about the alleged incident, but could not remember if she had a copy of those notes, as she said in her WhatsApp message, or merely reviewed them in her therapist's office. Ford claims she cannot even remember crucial events around her polygraph test, which she took in August, less than 60 days prior to the committee testimony. Now that I did comment on at the time. I said, that just happened a few weeks ago. You don't have any memory of this whole thing? She could not remember if she was being audio or video recorded when she took the polygraph. Now, wait a second. Wait a second. How would you not remember that? I would remember that for the rest of my life. You would think. She could not remember whether the polygraph occurred the same day as her grandmother's funeral or the day after her grandmother's funeral. Mitchell added that it would have been inappropriate to administer a polygraph to someone who is grieving. Uh, Ms. Mitchell reminds the committee that Dr. Ford refused to provide any of her therapy notes to the committee, 
which means they will never know the truth of anything, not only because Ford will not provide the notes, but because she claims she cannot recall if she showed the post, the actual therapist notes or her version of them. And then she goes into detail about the delaying tactics, including claiming to fear flying, even though she flies several times every year. Um, That delayed the hearing by a week. She goes on to not only lay out the facts that point to delaying tactics, but undercuts Ford's claim that she wished to remain anonymous. She points out all the times that she made moves that were inconsistent with that. And, of course, all the stuff about you didn't hear that we were offering to fly out to you. I don't know how. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Which her lawyers may have kept from her. Although she must not have been reading the newspapers because I was aware of it. Right, right. Uh, She notes that uh, her attorneys refused a private hearing or interview. They said absolutely not to Dr. Ford remaining private. She testified she was not, quote, clear on whether committee investigators were willing to travel to California to interview her. It is therefore... It therefore is not clear that her attorneys ever communicated Chairman Grassley's offer to send investigators to meet her in California or or whenever she wanted to meet to conduct the interview. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if the people that have been orchestrating this thing um, uh, kept that information from her. Right. Or pushed her that direction. Yeah, actually, Mitchell concludes with the activities of congressional Democrats and Dr. Ford's attorneys likely affected Dr. Ford's account. In other words, as an investigator you realize, wait a minute, she's speaking words that are not consistent with her previous words and seem to be consistent with the strategy of people around her. Because you get that sometimes in dysfunctional families and weird situations. Hmm. Um, But the most charitable view is I don't think she's lying. I just think she's a, a, a scatterbrained sort of person. That I mean, the fact that she has no more concrete memories of these major life events from a couple of weeks ago is really astounding. Yeah, the circumstances in in a major thing that I've launched in my life, the circumstances around me taking a lie detector test, I would be pretty aware of for a very long time. Was it audio recording or video? I would know these things. Yeah, yeah. In the what day it happened, the who ordered it. Who's paying for it? I think I would know all that stuff. Well, in the that whole, just seems strange, unless you're a certain sort of person. The whole hiring activist lawyers through Diane Feinstein's office and taking a polygraph during the whole "I want to remain anonymous" period is just strange to me. Well, this is all very mean, but that, I, that doesn't prove anything. I keep, you know, it doesn't prove anything. And I keep thinking, you know, she's actually in our listening audience, and I don't want her or family or anything like that to, to necessarily hear this stuff because well, it's mean. But she seems like a very mousy person that anybody could kind of lead around into any situation. Could be. Yeah. None of this proves no. anything. No. Um, but again, as uh, Ms. Mitchell pointed out, you could never, ever bring any charges based on this because the three, everybody named says, I have no knowledge of this or denies being there. Including Leland, who yeah. they call a different name, everybody else. <laughs> uh, Ms. Ford calls her Leland, and everybody else calls her by a different name. Kaiser, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's a problem. Kaiser Sose. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, but again, it's not a, it's not a uh, court of law. It's a, it's a political court. Do we have time for the late night joke off in which oh, we'll have yeah. uh, we similar jokes and I will grade and then ban somebody for life? Oh, if only I had that power. President Trump is hoping for a quick probe of uh, Brett Kavanaugh. 
And in response, Stormy Daniels said, if there's one thing Trump's good for, it's a quick pro. <laughs> well, the big story is still Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. The FBI is investigating claims about his drinking and sexual misconduct. In response, Kavanaugh said, whatever, if you need me, I'll be at Oktoberfest. <laughs> it's going to be a one-week investigation, and then both sides will be satisfied. We'll all move on. It'll be big smiles. <laughs> That's how this works, right? I mean, uh... <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a controversial outcome. <laughs> I know what that means. Conan with a C plus, mediocre. Fallon, C minus, joke for dumb people. <laughs> Corden with a solid B plus, but of course he's deducted a full grade for being a foreigner. Ah. Putting him in a tie with Conan. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. But of him, course, it's not about who wins, it's about who loses, Jack. Him being a foreigner is kind of the key to the joke. Kind of acting like, I don't I don't really understand how you do this thing here. Then that at was, the end, we're all satisfied and happy, right? That was some good rye sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. I appreciated yeah. it. So you got the gang rape woman. She did a long interview. We're going to talk to Andrew Egger of the Weekly Standard about where we are on that one. Old sweaty sweatnik. J- Joe's not really wanted to dignify it with a remark. I, I really, I, it's, it's so stupid. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.